Micah chapter 5. Uh, Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. We're going to begin reading uh, at verse number 2, and then we will end uh, with the first line of verse number 5. Micah chapter 5. It should be appearing on your screen here uh, momentarily. Micah 5, here you'll find these words from the English Standard Version. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be their peace. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We thank God uh, for God's word today. As we've shared together uh, from Micah chapter 5, verse 2 through 5a. For the time we have together today, I'd like to tag this text with the topic, There is Hope. Very simple. There is hope. There's something special about the Christmas holiday season that seems to shift the actions and attitudes of people. There's so much spirit and joy as people are out in the hustle and bustle of Christmas gathering uh, and shopping for the perfect gifts. And if we watch the holiday theme commercials and the holiday movies, we would believe that Christmas magic, y'all, is a real thing. And that happy endings were included with the calendar changing from November to December and us entering the season of Christmas time. But the truth is that for many, the Christmas season is a time of hopelessness, a time of sadness, and a time of despair. In fact, research shows that the death rate has a slight increase during the holiday season, particularly for those who commit suicide. Seasonal depression settles in heavy on the hearts and the minds of many people for a myriad of reasons, some of it just because the days are shorter than they have been. Uh, but also because this is a challenging time of year for those that are sick and are grieving. This is a challenging time for the single and the childless. This is a challenging time for those who have limited resources and those uh, who find themselves up in age, especially considering all that we've we have collectively endured over the last couple of years, it can certainly be a season where hope is fleeting at best and a distant memory at worst. Yet the foundation for the Christmas narrative is directed to those who find themselves in this place of hopelessness. This is what, the, this is, what is behind the idea uh, that is posited in Matthew chapter 1 of God being with us, that we celebrate and that we center during this season. It is the idea of the old finding purpose in giving birth and helping the young to manage the seasons of life that they face. It is the poor and the marginalized finding their place in being selected to being the carriers of great responsibility. The Christmas narrative, the Christmas story is a reminder to us this day and this season, y'all, that there is hope. And certainly this is core 
to our text today that God is sending a word of hope to people who are lacking it. For many of us, the minor prophets are books that we stay away from because there is so much that is cloudy about the message of the prophets to a people in a specific time and situation. Yet often, these records of the oracles of God being shared with the people of God provide us important insight into the mind of God. Like all prophetic literature, the book of Micah is geared toward calling the people back to God through warnings and encouragements given by God to the prophet. And so as we turn to read the opening verses of chapter 5, where our, text is, uh, where our text is found today, we discover a people who were at the end of hoping. Uh, verse 1 is a word to prepare for the worst. Here's what it says, Now you must muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. Y'all, this describes a moment for the people of Israel, for the Israelite uh, nation, where the people will be under attack in that Israel's current leader would be painfully shamed by the besieging army. Yes, those that would come to conquer would not only uh, exile them from their land, but would also bring shame uh, and bring, uh, uh, bring, bring, bring tragedy upon their leader. This would move Israel into another season of exile, another season of the loss of their connection to their national land and their own national sovereignty. This is a moment where hope is only fleeting, but if not gone for the people of God, because all they can say is, here we go, here we go again. And if we were honest with ourselves, even during this season that is deemed the most wonderful time of the year, we may find ourselves in this place of little to no hope. In the midst of building back better, it seems that the challenges that have befallen us are steadfast in their resistance to being overcome. We are settling into the fact that COVID-19, y'all, isn't going anywhere with new variants arising globally. The communal and political response to rising gun violence in our communities has not rendered the solutions that we need. The price of everything is rising everything. <laughs> the price of everything is rising. You can't go to the gas station or the grocery store without recognizing that the prices are a little bit higher than they have been in days gone by. Not, not to mention the personal trials and the personal struggles which play a significant part in our perspective of life. Whatever it is that we are facing in our lives at one time or another, we are able to empathize and sympathize with the place that the Israelites find themselves in the text. It seems like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. However, the mood of the text changes for us, and it changes for the Israelites, and it changes quickly as God shifts to share that there is a plan of hope for the people. Yes, God uses this prophet to send not only a word to prepare for the worst, but also that they might even prepare further for the hope that is to come, for the deliverance that may be, that is on its way. God uses the prophet to send a word of encouragement to the people who need to know that there is hope for them in spite of the circumstances they face. This hope, y'all, would come in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem who would grow to be the ruler of the people. And y'all, in many ways, this is what Christmas is all about. It's about the baby that is born. It's the birth of a baby that is a sign of hope for all of humanity. 
Yes, even in our lowest moments, even in our hopeless seasons, in our challenging circumstances and unstable uh, situations, God has already worked it out for us. You ought to type that in the comments because that's good news today, that God, whatever we're facing, God has already worked it out for us. Uh, it, it's despairing. It is despairing, but it's not death. It is a crisis, but it won't crush us. We just have to have faith that God is at work. That as we endure the hard days now, we can believe that better days are coming. And this is my reminder for you and for myself today, y'all, because I need it for myself. This is my reminder uh, today uh, that there is hope. That whatever you're facing, there is hope. Whatever mountain you are climbing, there is hope. Whatever impossibility is before you, there is hope. Whatever dark valley you have to journey through, there is hope. There is hope. What reasons then can we find in the text from the prophet's message uh, to provide us the help that we need and the reminder that we need to help us know that there is hope for us today. Well, there is hope, first, because the promise is old but not outdated. Yeah, the, there is hope because the promise is old but it's not outdated. Verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. God speaks through the prophet to remind the people of the promises that God has made to them. For us uh, today, it would take some research to figure out all of the nuanced suggestions of God's promises in this verse. However, the people hearing this in 8th century B.C. would have quickly recognized that the mention of Bethlehem connected this prophecy to the house in the lineage of David. Bethlehem, y'all, is the place where the prophet Samuel came in search of the king of Israel that would succeed Saul and ended up anointing the youngest of Jesse's boys to become king. Bethlehem is the place where Naomi and Ruth would end up connecting with Boaz leading to the birth of David's grandfather. This promise for a new and a different ruler who was to come from the city of David and the lineage of David was one that was connected to the promise that a descendant of David would always rule on the throne. As the text says, its origins were uh, old and of ancient times, but the promise was not outdated. Y'all, we got to learn that everything old ain't outdated. Uh, one of the things and one of the challenges of our culture being able to uh, get everything whenever we want it is, uh, is because, because it comes because of the impatience that it causes that comes as a side effect of this get it now culture. Amazon Prime is great. I love it. QVC and Google are cool. Uh, the curbside, uh, curbside service at restaurants, Uber Eats and DoorDash are wonderful, y'all. But oftentimes, it is robbing us of the ability to live with a long view. This makes it hard to connect our moments of suffering to the greater good that is developing beyond the moments of our current hardship. There's something unique that shapes us when we can lean into the promise of what will be even when it looks like there is no way that it can come to pass. 
And I believe this is what the text is imploring us to do, to trust that the promises that have been given. This promise is a long time coming. It was established in the ancient times, and yet it endures. And this is the goal for us, that if we can't hold on to anything else, we have to be able to hold on to the promises of God. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the text in verse 2 mentions Bethlehem. Bethlehem is this small clan, this small town, uh, this small place. But y'all, it was the hometown of the greatest king and eventually the birthplace of our great Savior. Uh, this is a notice for us today uh, that we ought not despise the small things. We ought not despise small uh, beginnings. We ought not despi despise the slivers of hope that we can hold on to, the small things that we can hold on to that are signs of a life uh, that let us know that God is yet still working uh, and yet still moving. This is a notice, y'all, that God still uses small things uh, for great impact. So even if all we have uh, is hope in God's promise, y'all, that's more than enough for us today. Uh, that's more than enough for God to bring forth something amazing and incredible from a hopeless situation. Y'all, in fact, that's all that we need in order for God to move and to do what God has said God is going to do. The promise was established before, but y'all, it's relevant even now. It's still revealing itself even today. It was a baby from Bethlehem that was a source of our salvation. And y'all, the promise that God made back then is still being kept right now because God is not a man that God would lie. God's word is good because it's bound to the eternality of God. Y'all, God, in short, uh, is a promise-keeping God. If I, if I could quote the hymnologist who said that standing on the promises, I cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail without standing on the promise of God. Y'all, if God said it, God will do it. We just have to wait for God to work in God's time. Yeah, we have to wait for God to work uh, in God's time, y'all. That's why we can have hope. There is hope because the promise is old, but the promise is not outdated. But also, the text helps us because there is hope. Uh, even though the present is dire, deliverance is coming. There is hope because even though the presence, the present is dire, deliverance is coming. Uh, check the text in verse 3. It provides a timeline of sorts for the exile of the Israelite nation. Uh, it says this, therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of the brothers return to join the Israelites. Yeah, uh, this verse continues the theme of exile and excommunication for the people of Israel. However, God, through the prophet, gives a time frame of sorts for when the time of exile will end. Uh, verse 4 uh, is interesting in that it gives two guarantees. First, uh, it is certain it is a certainty that Israel will be exiled, that Israel will be abandoned and left into the hands of an enemy nation to pull them into exile. But the second is that deliverance is coming. Uh, dealing with the uncertainty of not knowing when a bad situation will end in our lives can very slowly drain us of any hope that we may have. Uh, we aren't ever anxious for the end of good times, yet we often want the bad things in our lives to be over as quickly as possible. 
uh, bad relationships, bad sicknesses, bad financial situations. We often live in the tension and the stress of waiting for the bad things in life to come to an end. And the longer they linger on, the less hope we have, the more settled we become in thinking that this is all that there will be. Uh, but so often, y'all, what we miss by focusing so heavily on our right now is that God is still working things out for us in our not yet. Let me say that one more time. What we miss by focusing so heavily in our right now, which I know isn't that great, which I know you wish was better, which I know you wish you didn't have to go through. Uh, but don't miss the fact that, yes, we're going through it right now, but God is still working things out in our not yet. It looks bad right now. It feels hopeless right now. It seems unending and unrelentless right now. But my brother and my sister, uh, don't lose hope today uh, because deliverance is on the way. Uh, notice that God speaks through the prophet telling him that Israel will be abandoned. But that abandonment has an expiration date or an expiration sign. You see it in the text. It says Israel uh, will be abandoned until. Yeah, somebody ought to type until in the comments today. Uh, Israel will be abandoned until, yes, the bad thing is happening or is going to happen, but it's only going to go until. Yeah, I know it looks bleak right now, but it's only going to be bleak until. Uh, I know it feels like it's going to last forever, but that forever feeling is only going to last until somebody ought to thank God for until today. Uh, God says uh, that the people of God would be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor uh, bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. And you know, uh, what I think God was trying to let the prophets know was, listen, uh, listen, Israelites, y'all just can't seem uh, to get right. Uh, so I can't do it the way I've been doing it. I got to do something different and I got to send this baby boy, God wrapped in human flesh down through humanity, down through time uh, in order to end this whole mess, in order to right the relationship between God uh, and humanity. Y'all, scholars might uh, debate on what exactly this phrase means in the context of the Israelite situation, but I think it helps us today uh, to recognize that whatever time frame that God has set forward, whatever the signs that God has put in place to help us recognize when the shift or when deliverance will show up, that God is already working it out. Uh, we have to learn, y'all, to be of good courage, to have patience, and to trust, to, to trust in God to work it out for our good. It might take longer than we like. It might last way beyond the date that we have set in our minds. It might not work out the way that we played it out in our imagination. But one thing is for sure, we ought not lose hope, y'all, because deliverance is on the way. And this is the miracle of the Christmas story today, that God stepped in to time to bring deliverance to the world and if God could reverse the hellbound fortune of humanity in such an incredible way we ought to be able to trust and believe that God can handle the dire and desperate desperate situations of our lives as a songwriter said there are some things about tomorrow that I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand and if God sent deliverance through a baby born in Bethlehem, then we ought to recognize that there is still hope because God is still working it out in our lives. Yeah, God is still working it out in our lives. There is hope today because the promise 
It's old, but it's not outdated. It's still relevant to where we are even in 2021. There is hope today because uh, while the present, because even though the present is dire, deliverance is on the way. Uh, and finally, today there is hope uh, because impotent power is replaced with infinite power. Yeah, uh, impotent power is replaced with infinite power. Uh, check the text in verse 2. The original text uses the word ruler instead of the word king in the Hebrew language to refer to the new leader who was going to come out of Bethlehem. Scholars suggest that this was due to the strained relationship between Israel and her kings. It was God's desire to be the king of Israel. But the people wanted to have a human king like the other nations around them. That's a problem. Stop trying to do what everybody else around you uh, is, 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 is doing. Uh, but God granted them their request, but it was largely to their detriment because more often than not, the kings that ruled over Israel through their history led them further and further away from God instead of closer to God. This often had the people constantly facing the prospect of being exiled from the promised land that was designated to them by God. And we could likely imply that based on their story that the leaders of Israel, beginning with King Saul, largely operated in their own power more than they relied on God's power. The problem is that human power can only go so far, that there are limits to the power of humanity because we can't see it all. We don't know it all. We aren't perfect and sovereign. And at some point, our power loses its potency because another with more power will come and overtake us. This is Israel's story. And even in this Christmas season, this is our story as a whale. Uh, we know what impotent human power looks like. We see it on full display in the various human enterprises and experiences around us. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would have to recognize that sometimes we find ourselves depending too much on our own power. We think we know it all. We believe we have all the answers. But the truth of the matter is that every time we think we have what it takes to rule our own lives, things start to get out of whack and out of order. Uh, every time we think we have it figured out, something else pops up that we didn't see coming. Uh, we thought we had what it took physically and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to make it happen. But then our capacity to handle it ran out. We discovered that we had limits to what we can do. We found out that our hands aren't big enough to handle it. Our minds aren't sharp enough to figure it out. Our vision was too narrow and too limited to see everything that was in play. We found ourselves like the Israelites in a place where we had little hope because we were so overly dependent on human power. Oh, but God, through Micah, seeks to remind the people that there is hope because the ruler that is to come is not like the rulers that have been. The significance of this sim uh, simple semantic shift is, f is the fact that the new ruler that was to come would be coming for God. Y'all see what it says in the text? It'd be coming for me. This is what God is saying through the prophet. The new ruler wasn't coming based on family lineage or political appointment, but God says that the new ruler would be coming for God. This new ruler would find his, find his power not in himself, but in the eternal God of heaven and earth. Uh, and there's a major difference between someone whose power is derived from humanity and one whose power is derived from divinity. Human power is going to run out and fall short, but divine power is limitless and expansive in its capacity. 
uh, verse 4 defines for us the kind of power that this ruler comes with. The prophet speaks saying that he will stand and shepherd his flock with the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord. Uh, impotent power of human rule uh, will be replaced by the strength and the majesty of the Lord through the ruler that is to come. Uh, this ruler would have a mighty and expansive power uh, and that can only be found where the source of the power is Elohim, the God who spoke the world into existence out of nothing. And with this new improved ruler shows up what is the result check the text in verses 4 and verse 5a the people will live securely his name will be great and he will be our peace and this is our hope today that no matter what we face no matter what circumstances come no matter how the situation shift no matter the dynamics around us that disappoint us if we learn that if we can learn to hold on to the promise of God we can find safety that if we learn to hold on to the promise of God we'll find security that if we will learn to hold on to the promise of God we will find power that if we learn to hold on to the promise of God we can find patience if we can learn to hold on to the promise of God we will find the endurance to run on and see what the end will be if we can hold on to the promise of God there we will find peace if we can hold uh, to his promise there we will find hope because even if it's just a little bit y'all the good news for us is there is hope it might just be a speck of hope it might just be a sliver of hope it might just be the size of a mustard seed type of hope but that's all that God needs to make something happen that's all that we need to hold on to to know that God can make it happen for us and it's the same word of hope that we find in our text today uh, that God sent the angels to share with some shepherds uh, over 2,000 years ago uh, on the back fields of Bethlehem when they, the angels showed up shining brightly in the sky uh, singing the song singing the words that I bring you uh, uh, good news that will cause great joy for all the people that today uh, in the city of David a savior has been born unto you he is the Messiah he is Christ Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Uh, so all you've got to do uh, is to do what you've got to do uh, in order to find your hope. Uh, do what you gotta do uh, to hold on to your hope. Do what you gotta do uh, to protect your hope and don't let go of your hope and let the hope that is found in the baby boy born in Bethlehem be your source and be your strength oh, there is hope regardless of what you're facing there is hope that's what the story of Christ coming tells us that's what the story this passage from the prophet lets us know and reminds us that there is hope in fact you ought to just type that in the comments right now there is hope remind yourself of that today there is hope there is hope come on let's pray God we thank you for the hope that you offer unto us we thank you for this reminder today that there is hope that yes situations are hard situations are challenging 
We're facing some things that we've never faced before. We're facing some challenges that feel insurmountable. Some things that are about to happen around us that have caused us to feel like there is no hope. But God, you've reminded us today that you are true to your word. Your promise is forever with us. If we can hold to your promise, we can hold on to your hope. Hold on to hope, God, that you will turn it around, that your deliverance is on its way. God, that you're working all things together for our good. We thank you today for your word. Now, God, we pray, God, that you would touch the hearts of someone who is watching today, some who is sharing in worship today or at some point in time in the future that they would just say yes unto you today, God, whether they need baptism, God, whether they want to rededicate themselves, God, whether they want to connect their lives and their ministry and, and all that you've deposited in them with the work that you're doing here at TMCBC, God, we're asking them, asking you today, uh, don't leave them alone until they say yes unto you. God, we thank you for these moments of worship and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.